still so new that I don't really have yeah. any time off banked yet. Yeah, yeah. That's nice that you get Christmas. Well, I guess Christmas Eve was the Friday, but still nice. Like, I've worked at radio stations <laughs> yeah. where it's been on a weekend and like, what What are you talking about? That's not Christmas. Get your ass to work on Christmas Eve. Like, oh, Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you do a morning show, don't you? Yeah. Or, shit like that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or like Black Friday is my other favorite one. It's like, come on. Oh, my like, God. Really? For all of the, like, bad that can be said about, like, major corporations that we have both worked for yeah. that I will not name here uh, for fear of a libel lawsuit, but <laughs> I will just say there's a chance you're listening to this podcast on their <laughs> network. They had a very good, like, vacation day policy. Yeah, that's cool. You know? Like, they, they had, like... A lot of vacation days, and especially like us being able to take our birthday as a paid holiday. That was that was kind of cool. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, that was, I think yeah. I think that was more of a local thing. I don't think that was a a company thing. Yeah, I think it was like a floating holiday that they kind of decided to to do it that way or, or something like that. Yeah. But I, I uh, you know, yeah, working in Erie for even just four short years, we sort of got the clout. And, that, and that's what I've always found that you have to do is you have to get the clout first. And then they're like, okay, yeah. fine, you can run best ofs or whatever. But yeah, like, because even in Jackson, I worked for like this little, little local company. And eventually it got to the point where we finally had a PD who was smart enough to go, yeah, take that off, take this off. You can take off during a book. You can take the, you know, like it. it yeah, for sure. Just, just it, yeah. It's, it's not like, okay, well, yeah, well, you only have uh, 8.75 vacation days. You need to make sure it's it's okay with that. No, as, as long as something's playing yeah. and you clear it with uh, the person above you, yeah, who fucking cares? Yeah, and that's what I don't get. I mean, you know, I, I, I know I didn't have enough clout here in Pittsburgh, but like, you know, the, every morning show has been off for the past two weeks. Every single morning show, running best ofs, playing a ton of music. Well, speaking of morning shows, I guess I have news. I start mornings tomorrow. What? Yeah. What do you mean? I, I got moved to mornings. What happened to their other show? Didn't they have like this huge heritage show? Yeah, they got a job in a major market. Oh my gosh, where are they going? It hasn't been made public yet, but... From, like, piecing together, like, what they have told us and, like, what has been written, like, in All Access, I- I've pieced together that it's still in Texas, oh. but it's major market. Damn. So, I-, I can only assume that it is either or it is Yeah, yeah. Those would be the big ones. Wow. But, like, they, they hired the show. Like, they didn't just, like, disband it. They, oh, they yeah. hired both people. But what sucks is our morning show just happens to be our program director oh. and our operations manager. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so we're we're looking for a new PD to take uh, to be PD and take my spot in afternoons. Yeah. And looking for someone to be my morning show co-host. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, hopefully they'll pair you up with somebody. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the plan. But I brought your name up, and I was like, man, it would be awesome uh, as if we could do it over Zoom. And they're like, yeah, un- unfortunately, I, I think we're looking for someone in the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably that's probably for the best. But uh, thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> yeah. Are you excited? Well, I, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just saying, I'm like, I mean, we've been doing this for, for years yeah. now. I feel like we could uh bumble our way through a morning show <laughs> yeah i think so yeah i think it'd be pretty easy at this point um even if we added the you know we, i would probably add video to that but i think we could do it so are you you know excited to go back to that schedule uh yeah really? yeah i mean i i i think i am because i've gotten used to the afternoons schedule and let me tell you like starting afternoons and working like a live afternoon show and getting home at seven and just starting that schedule right around daylight savings time is the worst <laughs> fucking thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Because like you don't you don't have any time in the daylight when you're not working. Yeah, that's true. I mean, wow. I I guess I do in the morning, but I don't want to go out and like run errands and do things around the house if I need to at nine a.m. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Is that all the personal <laughs> personal news? Personal I professional th- news. I think so. <laughs> yeah, something may come up. Who knows? Uh, but let's. What, what, should we get started? <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing: watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And today, I assure you, we will be talking about <laughs> The Frogger, season nine, episode eighteen. But before that, uh, what is the deal with stuff from our last episode? 
the bookstore, which this is why, I mean, I know the, the preamble was cut down uh, for Patreon and stuff, but that's why the past 15 minutes have been uh, us just bullshitting is because the last time we talked about Seinfeld was December 5th. We have done a couple of other <laughs> Christmas specials, but the last time we talked about Seinfeld was December 5th. So uh, long yeah, ago. Yeah. Wait, is that is that the last time uh, we recorded a Seinfeld episode? Yeah. Okay, yep. I was going to say, that's not the last time a, a Seinfeld episode came out. No, I guess it, it would have been Jeez. the 12th. <laughs> okay, but yeah, yeah. Uh, last time we recorded was the 5th. You're right. But then we did Christmas Vacation, which if you haven't listened, <laughs> like, I went back and listened to that. Like, I listened to the whole thing, even though I was there, and I had just as much fun <laughs> listening to it as I did talking it. Um, but that always happens with our Christmas specials. And I can't did wait you, to go. Yeah. I think, did you listen to the free feed version or the 36% more <laughs> bullshit version? I listened to the free feed version. God. But I'm sure the but, bullshit version is just as good. I just don't have but, the ability to listen to that on my phone <laughs> that I can figure out or know. Um, yeah, that that's what sucks about Patreon. Yeah. I um, I wish there was a well. I, there is a way that you can like get the RSS feed mm. for like stuff published there and insert it into your podcast player of choice. Because uh, I do that for a show I subscribe to. Yeah. But I don't know how to do it for hours. And is it just like public but secret? Like anybody yes. could share yeah. it if they were an asshole. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's for the best that whatever, however we're doing it now. But yeah, Patreon should figure that out. Like a, a, a password protected RSS feed, if that kind of thing even exists. I don't know. Probably not. Um, but what the hell were we? I guess we're just moving on to uh, homework, starting with homework. Um, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to mention yeah. Santa with Muscles. I'm looking forward to listening oh, to yeah. Santa with Muscles as well, which was with uh, At the Movies. After <laughs> the Movies, I mean. At the Movies was... It's After the Movies, right? I think they even get confused <laughs> on which ones they're recording sometimes. Now I'm thinking there's they do two, and At the Movies is one thing. Oh, no. after It is After the Movies. So ours is on After <laughs> the Movies no matter what. No matter what their other outlets are, we're on After the Movies talking about Santa with Muscles, which was fun as well. I think it's all the same feed, though. I, oh, okay. I think they, yes, I think they I published think right. the... I think they publish the shows Tuesday, Thursday in the same feed. Yeah, because some of them they talk about classic movies, and I think that's after the movies. And some of them they talk about new movies, and I think that's at the movies. Well, I might have that wrong. You might have that backwards. I'm not sure. Actually, I think everything is after the movies because... <laughs> Technically, you're now, right. Now that I'm going through and looking at their feed, some stuff is just labeled after the movies. Anyway, it is, it is a fun one as well. And true to form, we added 36% extra bullshit to their normal episode length. And instead of being <laughs> yeah. like 35 or 40 minutes, it's a full hour. <laughs> Uh, Merry but I Christmas. knew that was gonna happen. Okay, so what is the deal with stuff from our last episode, the bookstore? Uh, the one thing I think we only had one little thing. Oh no, we had two. The click languages of are, are they spoken in New Guinea? What is the deal with those? Because Jay Peterman says, as the woolly-haired Melanesians of Papua New Guinea once said, and then he does the click language thing, and we were sort of wondering if that joke is problematic or if if click languages are even spoken in New Guinea. So click consonants are speech sounds that occur in cons uh, as consonants in many languages of Southern Africa and in at least three languages of East Africa, Eastern South Africa, Swaziland, Lesotho, Zimbabwe, Southern Mozambique, Tanzania, and Kenya. Papua New Guinea is a country in Oceania that comprises the eastern half of the island of New Guinea and its offshore islands in Melanesia, a region of the southwestern Pacific Ocean, north of Australia. Okay. Pa yeah. So Papua New Guinea is linguistically the most diverse country in the world. There are 839 living languages spoken in Papua New Guinea. Oh, my God. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as far as I can tell, none of them are click languages. None of them use click consonants. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So out of 839, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, well, these are great odds for Jay Peterman not being problematic or the show even. <laughs> but the only non-African language known to have clicks, but the plot does thicken a little bit here because there is one non-African language that does have clicks as regular speech sounds, and it's Demean, a ritual code once used by Aboriginal speakers of Lardil on Mornington Island in the Wellesley Islands chain in Australia. It is 800 miles or so from Papua New Guinea, but at least it is Northern Australia. <laughs> so I don't I don't think it gives him a pass, but I think it would have been 
<laughs> I think it would have been more offensive if they had gone with an African nation. And he, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really think it's problematic at all, really, because it just, I think it mainly, and I think this is where we landed when we talked about it, it just like paints Jay Peterman as the pretentious guy that he is, this world traveler who wants people to know how worldly he is. And how are they going to know? They're not going to check. So I'm just going to pretend I'm saying something here. Yeah. Um, like he knows every time he's going into a room, there's no one else in here who's been to Papua New Guinea. Yes. And he exploits that to become yeah. the personality that he is. Maybe, and maybe he was saying something maybe he got confused and he was in uh you know he was in africa and he just forgot or something you know and 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 he just leaned on that knowledge that no one else has at least he didn't you know at least i i think it would have sucked more if he if he was like oh you know as the guys in zimbabwe said blah blah blah. like then it would have been i think a little culturally insensitive but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's so wrong you know it, it just plays into jay peterman's character you know you do have to do like an hour's worth of research to find out that it's so culturally wrong so <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I shouldn't give it a pass, but it's, uh, you know, it's no worse than Daryl's black scent. I'll say that. <laughs> mm, okay. It would have been, I think, if they'd gone with an African nation. Then it <laughs> but the only other thing we wanted to know about was this name in the credits that I caught, Sloppy Joe as Hobo Joe. <laughs> and we were like, what? Uh, so very little is known about Sloppy Joe. Wiki lists him as Joe Godbiff. So if you go to Wikipedia and look at this episode, it says Hobo Joe was played by Joe Godbiff. The only other IMDb credit Joe Godbiff has is 1992's The Water Dance, in which he played Derelict Man uh, alongside Eric Stoltz, Helen Hunt of Mad About You fame, mentioned in the Seinfeld universe a couple times, and Wesley Snipes. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, that's as much as I was able to learn about Sloppy Joe uh, with all the research I was able to do. So still kind of a mystery, but you know, he, he was typecast. You know, his two big credits are Hobo Joe and Derelict Man. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, he, he was a type. Uh, a character actor, I guess. So here's some more trivia and tidbits from the episode. Jerry's story was inspired by a news item the episode's writer, Spike Ferriston, saw on the TV about rampant shoplifting being committed by the elderly. So I guess there was a wave of that in the late 90s. Most of the episode, this is pretty interesting, most of the episode was filmed February 18th. At the last minute, the Kramer story was dumped. In the original story, Kramer finds an overworked cabbie named Mo Hobbit, played by Ted Davis, sleeping at the wheel. And I, I already like that, that there was a guy whose name sounds kind of like Mohammed but then he was also played by a guy named Ted Davis maybe I'm being prejudiced <laughs> saying that like you know someone of Arabic descent can't be named Ted Davis but it doesn't look good on paper <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Kramer offers Kramer offers to take over his shift for a few hours each day, but his incompetence as a driver leads to the taxi cab being towed. Mohabit and Kramer then use Kramer's car as a taxi cab. This story was replaced by the rickshaw story with Newman and was filmed on March 1st. So they had all this episode done, I guess. And then two or three weeks later, they had to film a whole new thing with the rickshaw oh story. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, kind of weird. But I guess they were still in this phase where they were like we can use all of nbc's money that we want because <laughs> we're this huge <laughs> cash cow so yeah we don't like the story let's get rid of it i wonder if it was dumped because uh, probably not of the i wonder i do wonder why it was dumped i was gonna say i wonder if it if the ted davis mohabit thing didn't play well i wonder why to get the sequence with the runaway rickshaw which was filmed on location in la not new york as is pretty obvious uh, in watching it <laughs> The rickshaw was hitched to a truck, which pulled Newman along, and the truck was erased from the shots in post-production. So again, more of NBC's money going to those special effects. Jeez, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so get this. Uh, we, we already talked about Jay Peterman being kind of problematic earlier. This is something we didn't really catch because, again, I think it just played so well into Jay Peterman's character that when he's talking about uh, opium, he calls it the Chinaman's nightcap. And the episode did prompt many Asian-American viewers to send letters of protest to NBC, including huh. author Maxine Hong Kingston. And the Media Action Network for Asian-Americans called NBC to issue a public apology. NBC did not apologize, but it did remove the offending term from the episode in the rerun in May of 1998. But obviously, okay. you know, in, in syndication and, and on Netflix and stuff, it's been, you know, put back in. But NBC's executive VP for standards and content sent the Media Action Network for Asian Americans a letter back saying the network never intended to offend, which is the best kind of gaslighting apology. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you were offended, but this <laughs> is your I, fault. 
I'm sorry you thought this was offensive. Yeah. yeah, we're so sorry you got offended. We didn't mean to offend anybody like you. And Kingston, while disappointed there was no actual apology, was pleased that the term was removed from the episode for at least one additional airing. For, for, for one yeah. airing. God. It, it's like somehow they, they took the absolute bare minimum they could do to remedy this situation yeah. and did half of that. Yeah, yeah. There was also a ton of references to previous episodes in the last episode for some reason. And here's one that I missed. Earth, Wind, and Fire's Shining Star is being played when Peterman starts dancing at the party. And that is the exact same song that was previously used when Elaine starts dancing in The Little Kicks back in season eight. Mm. So, yeah, it was the exact. <laughs> and I, and I, maybe that was a subtle joke about how everybody wanted her to dance again. All the employees, all the kitchen staff, and even the DJ is like, all right, I'm going to get this started with the exact same song. Maybe it'll catch her and she'll yeah, dance again for us. And here's one more, too. The set used for the library's coffee shop is the same coffee shop set used in the very first episode of Seinfeld. That weird oh non-monks diner tiled nonsense that where that oh my god yeah, where that where, where that weird waitress <laughs> character that they got rid of worked <laughs> oh yeah the, the waitress that they were definitely originally playing up to be a big part oh, of the yeah. show oh yeah because <laughs> they were like consulting her on something yeah yeah they're like consulting her on that week's issue <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is uh that is it oh boy all right if you have never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite the last 29 <laughs> minutes of this being uh, exclusively like research and bullshit we, ha we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode as though we are assigning or no we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and what do i normally say here I like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and something about like assigning them to ourselves and like, assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework is that it that yeah yeah i think yeah. that's it yeah it, it's close <laughs> if if not if not exactly it uh i've never seen these episodes before tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order after being a lifelong fan for years if we miss anything if we egregiously skip over something please send us an email or send us a tweet it's at no hugging on twitter or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com both of those links are in the description and also in the description, you will find a link to our Patreon, where for five bucks a month, you can get a bunch of bonus content, including, well, namely, uh, the first 15 minutes of this episode, where we're just all talking about personal stuff, because mm. we haven't talked to each other in a month now. What, what else? Oh, we've got our uh, Christmas special. We've got the 36% more bullshit edition of Christmas Vacation that came in at about two and a half hours long, <laughs> which took me a week to edit. Uh, it was it was a nightmare. <laughs> I bet. But it was, it was worth it. It was worth <laughs> it. We've also got a bunch of other movie reviews up there. Like I said, it's uh, uh, just five bucks a month. And if uh, if you feel like giving us uh, giving us a run, so have at it please it's it, it's five bucks yeah it's, you spend you spend more on coffee if you if you go out and buy some coffee um but if you don't want to spend any money you can give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcasts and spotify now oh, yeah just like uh, i've got a i've got a couple people here that um gave us some reviews let's go let's go with tammy martin's review because tammy actually emailed us a while ago and she posted her review months ago, but we were never able to see it. But Tammy wrote into us an email with a couple of screenshots of her review. So Tammy Martin's review posted, okay, maybe not a couple of months ago, November 4th of 2021. Yeah. But for some reason, we were just never able to see it. But Tammy writes in five stars titled, Yay. Elaine, I feel your pain. <laughs> and she writes, Randomly found this podcast and have been listening to it for months now. Wish I had found it sooner. Just the thing I needed to help me fall asleep at night. Laughing, crying emoji. Uh, just kidding. It's fun and quirky with a little bit of weird splashed in, just like the show itself. I've been enjoying rewatching the episode with a new appreciation since at the time of the original airing, I was a bit too young to get the humor. I was watching 90210 and Friends. Ugh. Cue <laughs> the, cue the boo sound effect. I must say, you don't always focus in on Elaine's character enough. In my opinion, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was by far the most talented actor in the series, and as the only woman star, she really made the show. 
I could, however, just be biased since my nickname was Elaine for many years. Mm -hmm. This was due to the fact that I, too, unwittingly showed everyone a glamour shot of myself with my... There's a second screen cap. (laughs) With my nipple showing, and I personally have her pain. I actually... I'm actually quite proud of it now. Let me know if you guys want a copy. (laughs) Winky face emoji, laughing, crying emoji. Keep up the great work, guys. Tammy M. Tammy, thank you so much. Wow. (laughs) Maybe next Christmas card. Oh, my God. Yeah. We'll we'll include it with our, with our, uh, (laughs) our, our new stickers when I finally send them out. Yeah. Uh, You know, I got to mention, too, at Emily Diana tweeted us about our last episode and said not my mom facetiming me saying she got mentioned on no hugging because she was harassing them for a sticker (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i love that holy shit yep um i've got a couple more reviews here i know we don't have many episodes left should i burn through these now or do you want me to save them for for our last few episodes um you can go through another yeah let's hear another one Okay, well, let me go with, let's go with this one from our old friend. Oh, no. <laughs> from our old friend, Mr. Repeaterso. Oh, God. One star, Santa with muscles is unlistenable. What? <laughs> Writing in, this episode is so confusing. There is a new host or maybe two new hosts. One of them says their name at the beginning, but I challenge you to hear it or even understand who this person is or what he has to do with the prodcast. P-R-O-D cast with the prodcast. (laughs) Also, his microphone is so bad it pops on the letter P and you cannot understand most of what he says. It's some poing, P-O-N-G, P-O-I-N-G. Tim and Ted speak, then I shut it off. Do not listen to this crappy podcast. Well... Mr. Repeater, so you hate us so much that you're listening to our bonus episodes <laughs> that we record with our friends. Oh, actually, you know, M- Mr. Repeater, so I, I shouldn't um, just uh, expect you to know what that is. Friends are someone that ah. care for you and that you care about. So, sorry, that's that's my mistake. The less we say about Mr. Repeater, so the better. But you know, I like reading his comments because each time he thinks he's dunking on us, he's deleting his old one star review you can't post multiple reviews. I was wondering. I was like, does he re- somehow review every episode? Because this is like the third review that he's done. <laughs> like, you, you can only review the show, and, and you can only review the show once. So That's every hilarious. time he thinks he's re-dunking on us, he's just kind of <laughs> taking back what he said before. Oh, my gosh. That's, but I, that's kind I, of I love messed up it, there, it, you know. Uh, that's kind of messed up his favorability with the algorithm. <laughs> going like, all right, well, something's off about this. It's like not a trustworthy situation, so we're not going to factor it in as much. I, I hope that's the case anyway. <laughs> even, even the this feels like a whole different podcast. There's two <laughs> new hosts. Um, yeah, I literally wrote that in yeah. the description. In case you missed it, we teamed up with our friends at Lomo Media for their Christmas special <laughs> this year, as well as releasing our own. We'll be back with new regular No Hugging, No Learning episodes in the new year. And then from Lomo Media with their description. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could have made it more <laughs> obvious that this was not an episode we recorded for our show. That's hilarious. Uh... <sighs> but Okay. Uh, where was I at? Um, oh yeah, like if you'd like to give us a review on Spotify, you can do that now. So that's that's cool. I don't know if you can write things. No, it's reviews, just so that's you, one reason it, that I listen. Is it just to the, star yeah, ratings? It is. It is just star ratings, and you have okay. to listen to the episode. You know, you have to listen to the show to actually rate it, which is awesome. Because I tried to do it without listening, and it was like, why do you? You know, it, it said like you have to listen to the show first. I was like, okay, so that's one reason I did listen to the hmm. uh, Christmas special just so I could rate it, and then I went in and gave it five stars naturally. Um, nice and yeah. Uh, but you can't did, write anything. Did it say like how much of the episode you have to listen to? No, I think people have hypothesized on Reddit and stuff. I, f- I forget what it is, but just listen to the yeah. whole episode. Yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> do that. Go go re-listen to the whole show. Yeah. Why not? Okay, all that being said, Season 9, Episode 18, The Frogger, 
Original air date April 23rd, 1998, two weeks after the most recent episode that was released. Um, I was five years, four months, and three days old. And Tim, if you're counting this episode and every other episode we've got left, we have five episodes. Oh my gosh. Until we become a... Hmm. Why don't we just become a Sloppy Joe? How about Sloppy Joe cast, where we watch... <laughs> That episode of Seinfeld and the water dance, and then that's, that's it. it. That's the whole run. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we should do it like whatever that podcast, the worst idea ever, and we watch that episode of Seinfeld and the water dance every single episode, and the podcast never ends. <laughs> every week it's the same thing, but yeah. we just bring different takes to it. <laughs> you remember I told you I told you about that years ago, but it's the guys who decided to watch Grown Ups 2 every single yeah. week yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, God, imagine imagine being in a relationship with one of those guys. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. yeah, every Friday night, we've got to watch Grown Ups too. <laughs> it's already tough being in a relationship. I'm sure you'll agree in like, having to watch some of the stuff that we watch. Like, I didn't even tell Sarah that I have to watch it. Like, She just comes in, I'm watching something stupid as shit like Santa with Muscles, and she's like, uh, and it just leaves the room. <laughs> she doesn't even ask it why I'm watching garbage anymore. She knows. Yeah. She knows at this point. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Transylvania six five thousand is on. Like, what? What made you pick? Oh God! <laughs> uh, so, yes, we're so, watching the water dance again. Jeez. <laughs> oh my God! All right. Well, if you are looking at TV Guide the night of April twenty third, nineteen ninety eight, you are gonna see George wants to preserve his high score on Frogger. Period. Elaine eats a vintage cake. Period. Jerry's fear of a killer prevents him from ending a relationship, period. Hmm, not bad. They've been pretty good lately, so we'll see if we can make it better at the end. So the cold open, we start at Jay Peterman's office, and there's a office birthday party going on for Walter, one of the great just uh, unsung side characters, recurring side characters of the... This gave me a real appreciation for Walter, even though he doesn't. he's not in the scene very much. Like, he was hilarious <laughs> in this scene, and... He's very understated, as not a lot of side characters are. So just a sh just a shout out, just a Walter appreciation which, moment. Which uh, which Walter <laughs> are we talking about here? Because granted, I I don't I don't know which Walter normally appears. Is it Walter who's having a birthday, or is it Walter who's uh like retiring or something? It's birthday Walter. Okay, it's yeah, birthday yeah. Walter. Okay. As, and so in addition to this birthday party for Walter, <laughs> it, there's also a surprise last day party for Walter from Returns. <laughs> and so Elaine is kind of fed up with all of this partying, and she has two giant pieces of cake put on a plate. And they start doing these clashing sing-alongs where oh my they're singing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow to Walter from Returns. And they're singing happy birthday to the other Walter. At the same at the, time. At the exact same time, yeah. But I, I love just the like cheesy overacting from everybody in this scene where, like, and, and later on they do call him Other Walter because um, <laughs> Jay Peterman refers to him as Other Walter. I, and I think he's talking about Walter from Returns because I think the Walter that we're familiar with works at least on that floor or in the same department as Elaine and Jay Peterman and kind of like the upper management. But when he got, he's like, what's going on? And then even birthday Walter is in, he's like, it's a surprise going away party for you. Like they're so <laughs> overly cordial to each other it, to just hilarious results. I, I just loved. And that's why I think I appreciated Walter so much in this scene. It's just, it's, it's so funny. So up in Jerry's apartment, Superman is on the shelf front and center. So they got that out of the way right away. In fact, Elaine, it almost looks like he's the third person in the conversation because they're each on either side of him and, and he's just right there. <laughs> uh, so Elaine is explaining her hatred of all this forced socialization and how just because we work together, that, why do we have to be friends or pretend to be friends or whatever? <laughs> but uh, I got to say for, you know, to Elaine, like the alternative is as she learns, I think much worse, you know, like, oh, my I, God. Yeah. The, the last place I worked was the first place where nobody was friends and there was very little fraternization between <laughs> even like coworkers, but like departments like nobody everyone just kept their head i'm like this really sucks like i liked 
the places that I've worked where we go out for drinks and we see each other socially and we're friends. Like it, it, it sucks the other way. Like I never want to work in a yeah, place like, like that again. Like, like I'm not expecting to, to be people's best friends, yeah. but like I want to at least have casual conversations yes. with people. I, yes. I want to like the people I work with. Yeah. Sim- simple conversation is enough. Like, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I noticed too, like Netflix, I was getting like a super clear picture on this. You know, normally it's kind of zoomed and blurry the way they've formatted it, but I was getting a super clear picture of Jerry's VHS collection, which we've kind of talked about before. There's nothing too Mm. new there, but I did notice that Jerry has a copy of Betrayed, which is the movie that Vincent picked for Elaine in the comeback when she goes in and she takes a Gene pick (laughs) instead of a Vincent pick, and then she comes back and it's all copies of Betrayed (laughs) in season eight, episode 13. So I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> so Jerry is going to go out with Elaine's friend, Lisey, and I, got, I had to rewind this several times so that I could turn closed captioning on in time to figure out what the hell this name was, L-I-S-I. Mm-hmm. Why can't they give someone a normal name? If you're a Lisey listening, I'm sorry, but like, why? <laughs> why Lisey? I've never seen that name before. Have you? I haven't, no. Lisey. I don't know why it made me so uh, irrationally <laughs> upset. Jerry's going out with her. Jerry and George are going to Mario's Pizza, their old high school hangout, for one last slice because Mario's is closing. Kramer runs in. He got some official police caution tape, which, by the way, just looks like the caution tape you can buy at, like, Home Depot, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't I, I, take I think, police on it. No, I, I think that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the cops are looking for... He, he grabbed it out of the evidence room when all the cops were <laughs> distracted by looking for this new serial killer, the Lopper, who is running rampant in Riverside Park, cutting people's heads off. And the reason why nobody's read about it in the media is they can't decide on a name for him. <laughs> some people like the Lopper, some people like Hedzo, and some people like the Denogonizer. And Kramer's idea was son of dad. <laughs> I, I loved both Jerry and George like questioning that, and Kramer's just like, well, it's sort of a catch-all. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it just can cover so much, you know? Yeah, it's like, well, is it wrong? Is, is it incorrect <laughs> yeah. to call him son of dad? And I mean... It's not, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which of the four do you like? Which would you choose? Oh, I love Dean Organizer. Yeah, me too. It's but, a little too but, but long it would be, for me. But, yeah, yeah. It'd be a pain to like for all of the all of the press to constantly spell right. Yes, I agree. Yeah, but it it does it, it does have a little more panache than the lopper. Yeah. And even Hedzo. Hedzo. <laughs> Hedzo is fun, but like if, if he turns out to be a clown, I feel like that's a good one. <laughs> Hedzo the clown. Oh my god. Running around Riverside Park. That's a fucking slasher uh, <laughs> grindhouse movie, if I've ever yeah. heard of one. Hedzo. So over at Mario's, which is quite obviously, and Seinfeld does this all the time, they say, here's an exterior shot of this place we've already <laughs> named, but quite obviously you can see the sign does not say the name that we've established already. It says Five <laughs> Roses Pizza, pretty clearly. <laughs> like, they didn't try to cover it up, they just... You know, figured we just wouldn't look at it. Man, they're getting kind of lazy with <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, sometimes they will even, like in post-prod, put up like a CGI sign. Like, those are pretty obvious too. But nope, Five Roses Pizza. Maybe the new owners have just already put up <laughs> yeah. an, an already aged sign. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've pre-aged this thing to make it look like we're the neighborhood pizza place. So, can we put it up? Oh, oh so they're uh, Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. A lot of people surprised about where that was coming from. <laughs> uh, so Five Roses Pizza was obviously a real place at 173 First Avenue. So it's in the East Village, like the kind of upper, like the northwestern East Village. Uh, so not Queens. Like this is really nowhere near where Jerry and, and George normally hang out. And also not where they went to high school. Like they went to high school in Queens and that's where they grew up. So it's it's pretty far from that as well. And it actually closed. Five Roses closed in, no- uh, actually, I know the exact date. November 29th, 2008. Hmm. Yeah. And it is still a pizzeria, though. It is now Iggy's Pizza. Iggy's Pizzeria. So Jerry and George walk in, and Mario is there, and he's very surly. And George spots the Frogger game that he loved to play that was still there. And GLC actually still has the high score, 860,630. (laughs) so immediately i thought about leaving this for homework but i I just couldn't i had to know right now what is the current world record for a frogger score it was set look it up yeah it was set in 2017 and it's 1,029,990 holy shit and the guy who holds (laughs) it is the first one to break a million on frogger 
<laughs> and so get but but get this George pretty much had the world record up until 2009. Nobody could beat George's 860,000 until 2009. Interesting. Th- that was like so, literally, yeah. I'm wondering if like th- th- this wasn't like a real record that was set by someone on the crew, was no, it? No, I'm guessing it's somehow okay. manipulated, yeah, a screen somehow. Because that'd be that'd be great. That'd be incredible. Like someone just in the production crew, they're like, "Yeah, we, we need a we need a fake high score for George." So, so they're just like sitting around, and they end up like fucking away an entire day, like playing Frogger, and one of them gets like an eight hundred and sixty three thousand score just yeah. just accidentally. And it is a really good score, obviously, because the next <laughs> yeah, score the next score down is five hundred and sixty. It's I'm sorry, it's it's five hundred sixty thousand more than the next high score. And number two god so damn. yeah the, the score they picked and it was for frogger fanatics george's score was considered like there were like bounties put on it like if you can beat eight hundred sixty thousand, there was like a thousand dollar bounty a 250 fifty dollar bounty but um but those that are those offers had expired by the time anybody actually did it and it oh, wasn't and nobody man. beat the score until 09 yeah i'm sure we'll dive a little bit more into frogger uh next week as i find out more about its uh seinfeld related legacy but i was pretty surprised to to find that out um, they should they should have kept like Powerball rules with that. Like it just keeps building up and building up until someone can beat George's score, and then yeah. finally someone does, and it's a whopping grand prize of like seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Mario, I loved the surly owner of the pizza store, Mario, when they're like, <laughs> yeah. "We'll take two slices and two cokes." He's like, "Yeah, that'll save me." <laughs> when they walk in, they're like, "Remember, we used to come here all the time." He's like, "Where you been? No. Where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, where you been?" Yeah, and, and then, yeah, that'll save me. And then Jerry goes, make it the large sodas. <laughs> that and uh, whenever they're, like, playing Frogger, and he finally brings the uh, the food out or over to the counter, and he's just like, here's your pizza, pea brains. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think it's Jerry is like, I think I'm starting to remember why we stopped coming here. <laughs> yeah. we Our favorite pizza place in college had an owner kind of like that, like just a surly old Italian <laughs> owner who would kind of, like, if you if you didn't pick up your order, like he get increasingly irate on oh my god the microphone, you know if you didn't hear it, and he and he, he had an accent that like made it difficult to hear, so you know he would start yelling pick up every so often. But the interesting <laughs> thing too is George says something like I can't believe no one's beaten it in like ten years. George, ten years ago you were in your twenties. Like we we don't know it's fuzzy at this point, but does that mean like he kept going back to Mario's after high school? Because I, I don't know the last time they went, but. That does he, like if he said no one's beat it in ten years, that to me means he said it about ten years ago when he was in his twenties. Yeah, maybe even in his thirties. Like George, this show has been on for yeah, ten years. That's true. Like, yeah, yeah. So in like, you, season one, he was in season one. He set that score basically, or just before. <laughs> or, or maybe like he did set it as a teenager, like. And he's just been back there since, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. He hadn't he hadn't played it, but the last time he checked was 10 years ago. I guess that phrasing still kind of works for that. It, it's definitely very weird phrasing, though. Like, why not just say 20 years? Yeah. Because at this point, we know the, the characters, I mean, even at the beginning of the show, George was in his mid-30s. Yeah. And, and we're at the tail end of the show now, and even if you don't want to say like oh well time elapses at, at at a much slower rate he's at the very least in his late 30s yeah 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 so he was in his late 20s yeah, like out yeah, of college yeah, so, and so, everything yeah so saying 20 years would not be a stretch at no, all no i think that would have been a lot better <laughs> yeah it was weird it uh, it fuzzied the timeline a little bit so over at jay peterman an employee, uh, the employees all rush into Elaine's office with a get well cake because she took a sick day because she was so sick of all those people and their cake parties. That, you know, it's every day is someone's special day. So there's a cake every single day. And they rush in and they start singing a get well song. Get well, get well soon. We want you to get well. <laughs> Which I love. And, and any, you know, lifelong Seinfeld fan for years can sing at the, at the drop of a hat. Like it's, it's just such a great little thing they wrote. But Elaine snaps and says she doesn't want any more cake in her office or anywhere. She doesn't want to see any more cake. She's done with the parties. Uh, over <laughs> it's at, such a good yeah. song. Sorry. Yeah, get well. Get well soon. We want you to get well. Over at Monk's, we get a new exterior shot, or at least one we haven't seen in a while, of the sign kind of like from a different angle and, and pointed oh, yeah. up just at the sign that says restaurant, which I thought was weird. Jay is there. Uh, Jerry is there with Lisi. Um, and I, I recognize this actress. She must have been in a ton of stuff. I don't know what I recognize her from, but I'm, I'm going to definitely write that down. 
for next week, and we'll do a little dive on on who that is. And she won't stop finishing his sentences and kind of makes him agree to a date tomorrow <laughs> as he's kind of trying to shut it down. Um, and then right as she leaves and Jerry gets up to pay the check, George comes in. And so they sit right back down at a different booth, and he is buying the Frogger arcade game so that his legacy as the high score lives on. He could have just called... Who's that guy from... Have you ever seen the documentary King of Kong? I I haven't ever seen it. Yeah. But I, I know about it. Yeah. It's, first of all, it's great. I highly recommend it. But second of all, there is a guy who's like the world authority on verified arcade world records. Like, I think George should have just called this guy and called it a day. You know, say, hey, come check out Mario's Pizzeria. It's right there. That's me. Maybe he got, maybe that's a tough verification process, but... George could get Jerry to vouch for him and and all that stuff. I think it would have worked out. But he's buying the Frogger. and But Jerry's like, well, how are you going to make sure the scores don't erase when you unplug the machine? And George is very upset. There's always got to be a problem. He can never catch a break. And he feels like he earned it by getting with getting that score. <laughs> so as he gets up, by the way, did you notice? I wonder if this is from a deleted scene or something. There's a bunch of caution tape in the back near the bathroom. Like there's caution tape like on the wall and it goes over to the payphone and then back no. down in kind of a triangle like cutting off access to the bathroom there and i'm like was there a deleted scene with kramer like putting up caution tape there or something just too I much no of a coincidence i i want to know for sure because i really don't if the scores would actually erase if you unplug it from the power supply or if there's enough memory for it to save without power you know because like if i turn my computer off mm -hmm. all my files don't delete right <laughs> yeah and even back in the late 90s and and earlier you could you know you had high scores on nintendo games and stuff they had internal enough internal memory to score to to keep those inside you know so that when you turned off the machine and took the game out of the super nintendo or whatever the next time you played that game those scores are still there like yeah. so even they like, had I, yeah. I think i think george's score would have been safe yeah you're telling me that like no one unplugged that in the 40 or 50 years that Mario's was open <laughs> and, and there was no not, power outage. Yeah. Yeah. There's no power outage at all. Yeah. In New York city, there's no blackout. <laughs> yeah. It seems unreasonable, but again, this is just like probably, you know, plot hole stuff that they were like, no one's going to worry about that. It just makes sense. We're creating this universe. And in this universe, that there's no power outages ever. There was even a, there was even a danger though. Like I, I could understand George even not wanting to check, you know, it's like, well, it probably has, into, but this is like this is as important as a child to him you know it's like yeah it's true um so <laughs> you know like you, there's only one way to check that and that's unplug it and plug it back in are you gonna risk <laughs> that you know so he doesn't he doesn't even want to risk it so i guess i understand i can close the plot hole a little bit that way i guess that you know it is a problem um but he could have done some research on it like gone to an arcade uh warehouse or something like that and, and asked or even just a random arcade and like find another frogger and unplug it and then plug it. There's got to be another one in the city somewhere at a mall or something, you know, and uh, and test it out on one that he doesn't care about. You don't even have to ask. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so over at Jerry's apartment, there was a, a new lopper victim Kramer found out about, and he looked like Jerry. And this was one of my favorite lines in the, the whole episode, maybe the series, when he's like, oh, big deal. There's a lot of people in the city that look like me. Not as many as there used to be. <laughs> <laughs> That was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Kramer knows a guy who can move George's Frogger game. Slippery Pete, they, he's not a friend. They don't get along, but he is the best electrician, the best rogue electrician that, that Kramer knows. Uh, <laughs> Elaine calls, and she uh, is missing her 4 p.m. sugar rush. She's going through sugar rush withdrawals after denouncing cake parties because there's another party going on, but, but she can't show up because she yelled at everybody about them. And Kramer puts caution tape around four cups because he dropped an egg <laughs> on Jerry's floor <laughs> rather than clean it up. So back over at Jay Peterman, Elaine eats a piece of cake from Jay Peterman's fridge. She finds a box of cake in there. And as she puts a bite of it in her mouth, Jay Peterman comes in. So she has to like hide the cake. And he comes in singing the Get Well Soon song and calls it a stirring anthem of wellness. <laughs> get well, get well soon. And the cake, he tells Elaine, is actually from the wedding of King Edward VIII to Wallace Simpson in 1937, and he paid $29,000 for it. Jesus Christ. Yes. And 
I thought we might have to do, a, we probably won't do a dive on, on King Edward and, and Wallace Simpson, but as someone who has watched The Crown knows that that is the guy who wanted to marry a divorcee, and so he had to abdicate the throne and pass it along to, that's not when, no, that's when uh, Queen Elizabeth's dad gets it, uh, is when he abdicates. But uh, yeah, and and uh, caused a lot of problems for the, the royal family a little bit later on in, in their seasons. I think by season three, he pops back up again. So out on the street, Jerry is walking Lisey home, and she lives right off of Riverside Park. And it's at that <laughs> point, Jerry remembers the lopper, who might be going after victims that look like him. And so he does a 180. And takes her back to his place. The next morning, Jerry is explaining to George that, you know, he ended up sleeping with her. And he says he just wanted to make out a little bit. But Lisey finished his thought. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> which she's been doing. Uh, Elaine and comes in. And they do, I don't even remember what George is talking about. But they do another great ignore George gag. Where he, he says something. They stare at him for a second. And then they just turn away immediately and start talking about whatever <laughs> they want to talk about. It's always a great runner through the series. And Lisey is, according to Elaine, planning a weekend with Jerry in Pennsylvania Dutch country. And that is serious relationship vacation. I love Jerry here was like, I guess maybe by sleeping with her, I sent the wrong message, <laughs> <laughs> which was like a, one of the most like psych- sociopathic things that yeah. Jerry's ever said. But I, I love that. But So Jerry starts calling her to put an end to it. But Elaine's like, oh, no, you're way past phone breakup. You have to break up in person near where the lopper lives. Uh, and, and, but it, Elaine's like, it's the middle of the day. You'll be fine. Just get in and out. And Elaine has some cookies to satiate her 4 p.m. sugar rush. And she's like, just make a clean break as she bites the head off of a gingerbread man. (laughs) Over at Jay Peterman, Elaine is evening out the cake that she took a bite out of. And she's like, I I, I like that she has a little sliver in her hand. She's like, oh, no point in wasting 12,000 bucks. (laughs) And she she eats that piece of cake and and starts living out this royal fantasy dancing around. and, uh, And then she digs in for more cake. Over at Monk's, George is sitting there with Slippery Pete, the great Peter Stormare. You know, people might recognize this guy from, I don't know, um, wasn't he in John Wick? Yeah, he's the he's a, the, oh, the main dude in John Wick or uh, the Constantine or Big Lebowski. I think he's one of the nihilists in that. Um, yeah, this guy's been in a crap load of stuff. Always a, a great performance. And he's there also with a great truck driver. Well, he's not the best. He's not even very good. He's just, let's just say good. It's Shlomo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Kramer is there who's going to supply the caution tape. And we find out kind of the crux of Kramer and Slippery Pete's animosity. It's that Kramer made out with Slippery Pete's mail order bride. But it was before they were married. It was like right when she got delivered. So Kramer signed for her and uh, and they made out. I mean, we, we know that Kramer has the Kavorka. He does. Yeah, she probably was. Yeah, Eastern European. And yeah, couldn't resist. But George is talking about the outlets and Slippery Pete, the electrician, does not know what he's talking about. He's like, you know, where the electricity comes from. He's like, oh, you mean the holes. Jesus (laughs) Christ. And he starts drawing a diagram and nobody can quite figure it out. So they just move the meeting to Mario's. Yeah, I I loved how both uh, both Slippery Pete and Shlomo and Kramer even thought they were stealing the Frogger machine because it's a a very heist-like meeting. Oh, totally. And then they just and then they just moved to Mario's because George <laughs> legally bought the Frogger machine. They they can do this in public. They don't have to whisper. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And <laughs> yeah, I love the reveal too, where they're like, "Where's the bathroom? Where's the the?" And and he's like, and then it, it's like a zoomed in shot, and George goes, "So see, it's it's really not that complicated." And then it zooms out, and you see there at Mario's. They just went to Mario's. <laughs> Back over at Monks, Elaine is trying to replace the cake that she's eaten uh, from Jay Peterman. And Kramer comes in and he looks at the front. This was a, this was a funny bit because he looks at the front of the auction catalog and goes, oh, Sotheby's. Yeah, they make good cake. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, oh, Entenmann's makes a cake that's very similar looking to that at the. And I, I thought this was weird, too, that she's like, you mean at the grocery store? He's like, well, they're not really in the grocery store. They have a case at the end of the aisle. I wonder if that was like <laughs> Entenmann's like marketing at the time. Like we're, we're in grocery stores, but we're not grocery store cake. We're better. You know, mm. uh, it just seemed like a weird distinction to make for Kramer to make that like to elevate Entenmann's into something like, oh, no, it's not not really a grocery store. Well, cake. Yeah. Or was he not trying to elevate Entenmann's? He was trying to disvalue Entenmann's. Oh, like they're less. They're not even allowed in the gross. They're not even really in the grocery store. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. could be, too. Over at Lisey's, Jerry shows up with a bat to break up with her. 
but you know he was carrying the bat because he's scared of the lopper and he starts breaking up and we get this great montage of one-liners <laughs> Uh, you know, just typical stuff you might say during a breakup, like, oh, well, w- why don't you tell me what I'm thinking since you know so well? I'm really dying to know. And uh, Well, I'm not Brad. I'm Jerry. Nice to meet you. <laughs> that's, always, that's always been one of my favorites in this montage. We, we get a good one from Lacey. She's like, well, it'd be nice if I could finish a thought without uh, being interrupted, too. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a thing you say when, during a fight that it's the joke you don't even you don't even mean yeah yeah it's just it's just one of the things that everyone says yeah in a in a breakup like in the heat of the moment yeah um and they it turns out at the end of it all they decide to break up at <laughs> and now it's 9 30 at night they were breaking up for 10 hours I, and right in the middle of it they they took a break for for dinner they're just eating yeah. plates of beans Plate of beans jerry's like hmm, these are good beans <laughs> Lacey just goes 20 minutes uh, <laughs> <laughs> And so she kicks Jerry out of her apartment, <laughs> and he didn't even get to take his baseball bat, I noticed. Yeah, what was up with he that? He left his bat. Uh, and then he sees this hulking figure coming towards him, assumes it's the lopper, and buzzes back up to Lisi, begging for forgiveness. You were right. I was wrong. I want you back. Uh, and she lets him in, but it wasn't the lopper. It was actually Slippery Pete with the battery that he stole. That's what he, he was. He really was wanted to steal something, so he asked George if he could steal the battery at least. So he did do that. Out on the street in front of Mario's, George's plan is all set uh, to get the Frogger machine. And Jerry is going on that long weekend with Lisi. It's going to be a long, long weekend. Um, in uh, Pennsylvania Dutch country. Yeah, which is a great, you know, great place to spend some time. <laughs> um, and, you know, she comes out and, and she's talking like that Amish talk. And I like George's line here where he's like, I hear thee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over at, back over to Jay Peterman Elaine replaces the Entenmann's cake in the original cake box and I like that she dropped the Entenmann's box in the trash right in Jay Peterman's office like the incriminating <laughs> evidence she's like boop there we go and shout out to Entenmann's too for not changing their box for 30 or 40 years however long they yeah, had that damn. white and blue like why mess with perfection you know if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah People know the Entenmann's box. We haven't changed it since we've been around. Why bother? Jay Peterman brings in his vintage pastry appraiser guy. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. He, he he titles him the world's foremost appraiser of vintage pastry. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Pawn Stars have a pastry appraiser. I'm sure Rick Harrison knows yeah. a guy. I, I got to call my pastry appraiser. You, you mind if I call my pastry guy? <laughs> <laughs> I got to see what we got here. And he says, uh, so the pastry appraiser, I his name was Ruprecht or something. We get both of his names, uh, but then, yeah. It was uh, uh, Lubeck. Lubeck, yeah. What's Does he say his first name? Because I thought we got both and they were very similar. I don't Maybe think it's just we Lubeck. do. I, I yeah. thought it was just Lubeck. And so he appraises the cake at 219 and Jay Peterman <laughs> thinks he means 219,000, but no, he's he means $2.19. It's an Entenmann's. And Jay Peterman asks, do they have a castle at Windsor? And uh, uh, Lubeck tells him, no, they have a display case at the end of the aisle. <laughs> um, which, again, like just makes me think, what was Entenmann's doing in the 90s that that was like funny enough to, to bring up twice? you know? But I also like Jay Peterman mistaking Entenmann's for a possible British royal family name. You know, it does sound yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm of the Entenmann's. Ooh. So out on the street, the guys are huddled around Slippery Pete playing Frogger, eating up all the battery time. And Slippery Pete's like, oh, don't worry. We got plenty of... Oh, wait, we only have three minutes of battery left. Um, (laughs) So here's a great question that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. How did they switch to battery power? There had to have Mm, been a blip or something. Yeah. Of, like, no power. Unless you can run concurrently for a second and then unplug it. I guess that's possible. Especially with somebody like Slippery Pete, someone with the skills of a Slippery Pete. He is a rogue electrician. He might know how to not use the electricity coming out of the holes yeah. and instead use the electricity on the battery. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the idea like to, to, to so the battery is supplying power, but how did they how did they switch to battery power, you know? Like uh, yeah. unless I guess he could run concurrent power, which I can't believe wouldn't overload it, but like now we're running on the battery <laughs> and we're running on the holes. And now we'll just unplug the holes and we're running only on battery, you know? But so George is like looking for an outlet to plug it in before they move it and, and maybe they can find a new battery or something. And uh, Silver Pete doesn't know what he's looking for. And George goes, I need holes. And everything is closed around them except the pharmacy across the street. Kramer goes to cordon off a loading zone so that George can get across, but he runs out of tape 
And then George all of a sudden notices this looks familiar crossing a street like this. <laughs> I've been training for this my whole life. And we see a top down shot of him as the frog playing in traffic, moving this thing back and forth until he gets to the other side and there's no ramp up to the other side and the frogger machine is just straight up smashed by a truck. He had so many chances like to go to get over the sidewalk and like like so many chances where there weren't oncoming cars where he stepped backwards yeah. into traffic yeah. <laughs> or or just kept going left. I'm like I don't know how George got that high score. He's not good at Frogger. Sometimes you do have to go back until you, you know, so that sometimes well, yeah, there's a car I know blocking that, but like you, yeah. If, if there's if there's a log uh, ahead of you yeah. and you're in a river, you don't willingly go back to get hit by a truck. Right, right. I also want to know just how this was choreographed. Like they had this involved like a shitload of cars moving in a oh certain my God, yeah. <laughs> way. And I'm like, geez, that is uh that must have been a bear. And then Jerry just says game over to uh, put, a, <laughs> put a pin on the, but also like who the hell is this truck driver who was going to like, we're lucky George didn't die because that truck was not stopping. George had to jump yeah, out of Jesus the way. Christ. Who's a truck driver just like barrels through like, well, fuck this. I'm going to, I'm going to kill somebody today. <laughs> they were in the way and I'm a truck on the road. <laughs> the, Therefore, the law will definitely look at me in my favor. <laughs> yeah. If someone's in the road, I can run them over. I'm not up on the sidewalk. It's their fault. Like, geez. Um, And George, like, you know, maybe he didn't have insurance on this thing, but he's got to have some sort of, like, personal recourse in the courts for, like, you know, you owe me money for this machine that I paid for. And also, there's maybe a chance that the Ram was unharmed, you know? I would look look into that, too. Try to find the motherboard. That's really all that Mm, thing is, a giant cabinet with a motherboard in it. So, yeah, yeah, there's still hope. But obviously, we're, you know, anything in the Seinfeld universe involving technology, (laughs) especially, we we always, I feel like, pull apart and just dissect until there's absolutely nothing left. (laughs) Much like you might do a frog, actually. Uh, Yeah, Um, very true. So we get one last little um, epilogue, and it's back in Jay Peterman's office, and he has Elaine on video surveillance uh, dancing around. And I love that Elaine was even doing a little bit of her kicks in this episode. Like she's still not a great dancer. <laughs> she's she's like waltzing around the office, but it but it has that Elaine dance quality. And so he was like, "Do you know what happens to sixty year old butter based icing? You know, and so whatever you're about to go through. Oh yeah, through, a- after after six decades in a poorly ventilated <laughs> English basement. Yeah, yeah. So whatever you're about to go through is punishment enough after eating <laughs> that cake. Which um, you know, I mean. He is like the rich media mogul, but still to like just kiss goodbye twenty nine thousand dollars is just unfathomable, I know, to someone <laughs> like me. <laughs> like that's that's wild to go, Well, you're gonna have a lot of diarrhea, so I guess twenty nine grand. What's the difference? <laughs> You're going to make a big poopy and go owie, owie, <laughs> yeah. owie for a couple of hours. I'm I'm fine. That 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 is a, a, a good use of $29,000. That's worth 29 grand to me. <laughs> yeah, so that is, uh, that's it. Oh, man. All right. Uh, what do we got for homework this week? All I have down is the, the actress who played Lisi, but again, we'll, we'll, we might do a little dive on Frogger, um, maybe even a little bit of uh, uh, Wallace Simpson and King Edward VIII. <laughs> who knows? Who knows where the extras will lead us? But yeah, for now it's just that all right what do you like for cover art this week hmm it's got to be something with the frogger machine like maybe the first shot when they're in the pizza place and and george is like you know george is at the controls kind of reliving that night uh i like what about you see i felt like the shot where he's walking up and sees slippery pete shlomo and kramer playing the cabinet like on the sidewalk yeah and like you see them in focus but george like just coming into focus this shot was a work of art. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought I thought that was great. I do always like as many characters as possible in the cover art. I don't know why that's a goal, but I, I, <laughs> I thought about that one too. Oh man. Okay, I'll I'll see what I can what I can make work. Let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had George wants to preserve his high score on Frogger. Period. Elaine eats a vintage cake. Period. Jerry's fear of a killer prevents him from ending our relationship. Period. I like it honestly. For, for once, they're like, th- those are like great teasers. Like the Frogger thing that just covers kind of the, the episode title and everything. But I like Elaine eats a vintage cake. What the hell does that mean if I'm reading it in TV Guide, you know? And then also, wh- how would a serial killer prevent Jerry from breaking up with somebody? That's 
a good tease right there. So I and Kramer really didn't do much this episode. No, so I really, mean, what, what are you gonna do? Him. What are you gonna say about Kramer? He becomes fascinated with caution tape. <laughs> yeah, and even I think we're <laughs> that's gonna, not a story. I think we're gonna find out that because we only see him use it twice. He and in, it's in that <laughs> really that one scene where he ties it around the bandana, uh, the the banana. He's like, I'm gonna eat that later, and then he ties it around the eggs. I think we're gonna see, we're gonna find out there were some deleted scenes of him using all the caution tape because there's no reason for him to be out when he runs out. We're like, what was he using it on? You know, it's yeah. not, it's not that important, so it was fine <laughs> to be deleted. But I bet we're gonna find out just like his not t- all of his not talking. You know, the extra segments where it showed how that made life difficult were cut out. I think we're gonna find out that he was using a lot more caution tape in in the episode. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Kramer likes caution tape. Kramer gets some caution tape. <laughs> Don't need it. Um, yeah, I, I really like this yeah. as is. I, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the episode? I really liked it. I mean, I, I got my first laugh in like the first couple of seconds, and it uh, you know I, it was it was funny all the way through. I I don't know if it's star worthy, but you know I I did really enjoy it. See, I I did end up giving it a star because it was it was very good. It was very enjoyable. But I feel like I wanted to like it more than I did. And hmm. what do you what do you mean, like it? Because th- this is uh, this is one of the episodes that is very synonymous with with the show. You know, yeah. I, it's it's one of the episodes when like we started this uh, that people were like, oh yeah, did you get to the one of George and the Frogger cabinet yet? Huh. Um. I, I mean, I, I didn't know anything about the show, but I knew like there's something. There's an episode that has something to do with Frogger. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and even about the uh, tattoo flash sheet uh, from, uh, what's the tattoo artist that made that? I, I've given her a shout out I know, like I, so I, many times. I, you mention it every time. I don't remember either. <laughs> yeah. And, and every time I say I'm going to put a link in the description, but I always forget. Uh, KWT Designs, the tattoo flash sheet that KWT Designs made. One of the things on there is the Frogger cabinet. Oh, that's awesome. That's great if you like old arcade games and you like Seinfeld. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> Which I do. I maybe I would get that one. Yeah. So that that's interesting that it had that uh, you know, that mythos around it and it didn't quite live up to that reputation of being one of the greats which we normally find that they do. See, like, but for me, it, it didn't. I didn't know that it was one of the. It was. It was looked at that way. It had that legacy. You know, I just know it's a great one, and I love all the chances mm-hmm. they took with the the Frogger shot from above. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really yeah. cool. Really well done. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe when I maybe I should star it, and then because because I, I I really did like it. I'll star it, and I don't even know if it would be low if I started. I think I'm just it, gonna. It's it's gonna be low for me. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Wait, did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Oh, good, good. It just went. It just went extra. I like. I, I was getting no of none of the normal tone that I'm normally getting. So, yeah, I'll, I'll start and I'll, I'll see where it lands uh, in uh, just a few episodes. Okay. Well, next week we have got season nine, episode nineteen, "The Maid." Original air date April thirtieth, nineteen ninety eight. The first time we've gotten an episode the week following Ooh. an episode in like half a season. Yeah, <laughs> they've they've been trying to stretch this as long as they can, <laughs> as, as long as they knew that it was going to be the last season. But uh, if you're looking at TV Guy the night of April 30th, 1998, you are going to see Jerry starts sleeping with his maid, period. George's boss gives him an unwanted nickname, period. Elaine hates her new 646 phone number, period. Yeah. Kramer gets lost downtown, oh. period. Now this is, is a great episode. This has, I mean, definitely... Some pull quotes that exist to this day. Uh, oh, so, yeah. okay. I think this is going to be, uh, I don't want to build it up too much, but I'm excited about this one. I'm already seeing stars uh, on my side of things. So <laughs> this is maybe one of my favorites coming up. So Wow, yeah, all right. We'll see, we'll see if it holds up, hopefully. And I do have to mention that I have reached the end of yet another notebook. Oh, yeah, man, that, that that's actually kind of um, disappointing. You got to get a whole new notebook <laughs> for for five more episodes. Yes. Well, one of which is a clip show. Yeah. So I um yeah, I got this Father's Day of 2021. And the first thing <laughs> I did in it was B movie then. And that's why I'm going through notebooks so much more so much quicker now. Maybe oh. I need a maybe I need a Patreon notebook. 
and a Seinfeld <laughs> notebook. Maybe I should have kept them separately. But so, yeah, because this the first thing I did was our very first Patreon offering, B-Movie. And then the next thing was Serenity Now, season nine, episode three. So this book didn't even last me a season. Damn. Because we did so many movies and stuff. Uh, yeah. So, and we, we, we did do a lot of movies for Halloween. Yes, we did. We really filled it up <laughs> yeah, in October. So I've got another notebook that goes on the pile. And this is the one that on the front, uh, fittingly enough, says the airing of grievances. And even I have to admit, as a Seinfeld podcast, we probably didn't do enough for Festivus. We did a lot of Twitter stuff, I think. But we didn't. I feel like even during our Christmas specials, we don't mention it at all. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what? Uh, the uh, By the way, I got to mention with Festivus, um, Erie Aleworks did their Festivus party, which is, I'll say, the best one in the entire world, even though I've never been to oh, it. Oh, man. I'm just going to say, <laughs> just because we love them uh, for, you know, they, they even let us, you know, hand out little flyers at, at one. They had their Festivus party, and they made these sweet-ass shirts that are blue, and they have the yellow oval and Festivus written, like, in the Seinfeld font. Like, oh, the Seinfeld cool. logo, it says Festivus, and they still have them for sale on their website, and I want one so bad but discretionary <laughs> spending is at zero right now. So yeah. I'm hoping that they still have some left uh, by the time I get employed, whenever that is going to be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they look sweet as hell and everybody should buy one, but try to leave at least a large or something for me. But yeah, so I, but I have already ordered also, because I, I got an Amazon gift card for Christmas. I have already ordered my next notebook, but it is not a Seinfeld notebook. It is our next show notebook Ooh, it's a notebook for our next show man. yeah themed for that whatever the hell that's gonna be <laughs> how did i know we haven't even we haven't even talked about it yet we don't even know what we're doing next <laughs> <laughs> unless you're on patreon then you know unless yeah unless you're on patreon <laughs> then then you then uh this joke makes no sense to you. <laughs> yeah so there we go i just had to throw that in so um is that it yeah i think that's it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good Thank you